In this episode, it's all about Hex brand camera bags. This is Twitter. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. Today, we're gonna to be talking about something that every single photographer on the planet has obsessed about at one time or another. We're not talking about lenses, we're not talking about, um, you know, lights, we're not talking about camera bodies, we're talking about bags, right? We obsess about bags and they're never seen, we can never seem to find the right bag, right? There's always something missing or what if, if it just had this more space or less space or more bulky or less bulky or waterproof or whatever. There's all these things that that are variables in that calculus that we run through when we're looking at a new camera bag. And maybe there isn't a right answer. But here to talk about that is the co-founder of a company called Hexbrand. They make camera bags. His name is Trent Valadares. He's going to be taking us through the construction of some of the line, uh, some of the bags in their line, which one of which I have here, a sample that they sent over. We're going to talk about it and then maybe some future directions of what we can expect in terms of camera bag innovations in the future. Trent, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Frederick. Appreciate the opportunity to come and talk with you. Yeah, this is you know, my pleasure. It's my pleasure to have you on. And thanks for, for uh, sending up these bags. These are, I'm, I'm excited. And you, yeah, I get I get excited about camera bags like uh, like my significant other over there gets excited about Gucci bags and Michael Coors bags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you can keep those. These are the kind of bags that I'm interested in, functional and, you know, I can actually get work done with these bags. So let's start with a, with a little bit of history of the company. You co-founded the company and the company's about 10 years old now. You guys have been around right. for a while. You've seen a lot of changes in the industry, ups and downs and all that. G give me the uh, kind of the, the Spider-Man radioactive spider origin story for the company. Why, <laughs> why did you and your partners start? the company and you know yeah. what was that what was the problem you were hoping to solve yeah sure so i started the company um with my brother-in-law who was my business partner and we had done we have a pretty extensive background in accessories and, and particularly bags we had produced them um under license for many different brands um you know for a long time uh, but we felt like we weren't really able to get our full message across because obviously when you're designing for another brand, they ultimately have the say so on how they market it and if they like a certain color and whatever. Um, but we kept saying to your point, so, well, you know, why does anybody need another bag line? And um, 10 years ago, this is a little bit of a different time in the landscape. But if you think back, there was a time where we went from having electronic devices and phones and things like that as kind of a luxury or, a, you know, let me let me show off kind of an item to transitioning to where they became a necessity and they were really part of how you you functioned every day. And so that's where we saw our our angle. And that was probably the radioactive moment where we said, you know, we have a lot of background in streetwear and uh, and fashion. And so we were coming from a different side of the camera bag space and we made you know put that together with the technological need and the need to protect devices uh, on an everyday basis and so we we kind of brought those worlds together and and rather than segmenting and saying you know okay well you know you have camera bags for photographers and you have um you know sporty duffels for athletes and you have like 
you know, fancy bags, like you mentioned, Michael Kors and these guys for, for professional use. Um, and it kind of segmented the, you know, people in, into kind of buckets. And we just said, look, you know, I think if, if I design for how I like to live, um, it's about having something that expresses my personality that lives along with me. So I can take this bag. I need to be able to take it to work. I need to be able to take it out shooting. I need to be able to take it out on the town and, um, and it should serve all of those functions. So that's what we tried to do, uh, with hex. And I think it's been a fun ride. Yeah. You know what? One of the things that that we kind of talked about in that, in our pre-interview was the, yeah, you know, you don't want to you don't want to be traveling to to questionable parts of the world or even even your own country with something that looks flashy and expensive. You know that right. telegraphs, hey, hit me over the head and take this because you know I can I can help you pay your rent. All you got to do is hit me over the right. head, take this. You know, and that's one of the things I, I love about these this the, these bags. They're like this one here in particular. I think this is this is the backloader DSLR. What what is the model name of this one right here? Yeah, you got it. It's the backloader. This is the backloader, right? Yeah. And it is, it's really well made. And one of the things that struck me about it when I pulled it out was there's a couple things that we can talk about. But one of the main things was the, the lining that is in some of the pockets, you know, like the, mm -hmm. the laptop sleeve area and right. then the front pocket area. There's that super soft lining, which begs me to put my glasses in. Right. I don't yep. feel bad about putting yeah, my glasses. Yeah. It's the main thing is like, where do I put my sunglasses so they don't get, you know, jacked up? And there are two slots for that in there. What are some of the other considerations like that? Those little tiny attention to detail things on these bags that you may not that the average person may not notice that sets this bag apart from, you know, one that you may just go pick up at, you know, Walmart or something. Sure, sure. Well, I'm always glad to talk about details because I think that is one of the big things that separates different brands, right? Is um, I think a lot of a lot of different companies can throw a bag together and, and sometimes you see, especially with apparel brands, they'll put out bags and it's always after the fact and the bags are usually di designed by apparel designers and uh, anybody in product design will tell you that you just don't get a great bag that way. Um, the same way you wouldn't get a great, um, you know, sport jacket designed by a bag designer. Um, <laughs> So as far as the um, the details, so you mentioned those pockets. That's really something that's been consistent with Hex since the beginning. So I mentioned that we always had this tech tie-in, and what you're talking about is on on the front of that bag, there's a zipper pocket, and it's lined with a faux fur material. And the same goes for the laptop pocket, and they're padded. And so you know, if you feel them, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. It feels super soft. It feels like you know a a plush animal kind of a thing, plush stuffed animal. It and totally you, you want to put, yeah, right. And so you feel good about, hey, this isn't going to scratch my device. It's going to protect it. And it really gives you that, that um, I guess, direction of, of saying this, this bag cares about keeping my stuff clean, safe, not scratched. And so that that's a, a great um, detail. To your other point, um, we do try to design bags that just look good as opposed to, a camera bag that's got you know molly systems all over it and clips and cargo pockets and you know all of this stuff um while that may be great for packing a lot of a lot of different different things excuse me um it also telegraphs exactly what you said like hey come come and get it mm -hmm. so we do try to keep our our bags very slim profiles we try to keep them looking like um street credible bags 
And of course they have to perform and they do have all of the Corduras and EVA foam and all of this stuff. But if we can get you in and out of subways without hooking on, uh, on doors, and if we can, um, you know, kind of, I guess, lay low so that maybe the guy with the obvious camera bag draws the attention, um, then that's a good thing. Um, yeah. And I think you'll see that through through the bags. I mean, that bag that you have there, the the backloader, if you look on the bottom of that, kind of the bottom front of that uh, organizer pocket, there's a little Velcro pocket there, and there's a rain fly hidden in there. So, oh. like, right kind of, yeah, right oh. at that uh, area there. Right here. So you can kind of see, right, a little, a, oh, a yeah. little hide-and-seek, little Batman moment. Yeah, look so, at that. I had no idea that was in there. So that's a great, a great example of, like, you know, it stores away, it's easy, um, it's hidden, but it still has a ton of functionality. And even though the fabrics are water resistant, sometimes you need a little bit more than water resistance and you can pull that rain cover out and, and really take care of yourself. So those are some good examples of just that little extra detail that we try to put in. Yeah, yeah. It's And then the, the uh, you know, the, the zipper quality, you know, one of the things that photographers to do is when, when or at least I do when I get a new bag is I grab those zippers, you know, because you mm -hmm. want to make sure they're not going to get off the track, they're not going to move or whatever, and it's going to stay closed and, you know, water's not going to get in there. What what kind of zippers right. are you guys using on them? Because they feel, they feel heavy duty, but and right. not chintzy. Right. Yeah, no, they're they're real YKK zippers, heavy gauge YKK, um, and and like you said, there's certain things that you just can't um, skimp out on, right? So even though you want to make a bag that's that's accessible price wise, the challenge for us as designers is to say, yeah, but it needs to it needs to function at the top of the game as well. So YKK zippers, you can see on that bag, it's it's genuine Cordura, which is you know about the best ballistic. Uh, nylon that you're going to find. Um, and so we're, we're always trying, whether that's our, our foam, like I mentioned, it's EVA foam, um, or you mentioned these YKK zippers, those pressure points uh, and, and points of, you know, continued use and wear need to be um, need to be on point. One of the things that also needs to be on point is just the overall design and the look and feel. And I'm curious how you, how, when you're sitting down and you guys are designing, laying out one of these new bags, how do you, like, how do you approach it? Like we said at the beginning, you don't want a camera bag that looks too expensive, but then you don't want that, you don't want one that looks cheap as well, right? So how do you, how do you thread that, that line of not being a, hey, look at, you know, cause you know, some camera bag companies out there, we'll talk about competition in a minute, but some camera bags out there, you can from a mile away immediately recognize, I know what that is. I've seen that right. camera bag and I know how much it costs. And I know that that person probably has expensive camera gear in there, which is, you know, not bad in some areas, but in other areas, you don't want to be telegraphing that. Like we said, how do you ride that line as a designer when you guys are with your design team of form and function and quality and stylishness, but not being too obvious about it? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so, I mean, one of the things that we always keep in mind with design, like like I said, you know, being a founder and, and trying to come up with why the market needed a bag company anyway, you, you have to, first of all, trust your instincts. And that's what I would say to anybody building any brand um, is, you know, you need to be building stuff that you like, that you would use. And so then you can trust your instincts to say, well, if I don't like this, then I'm not going to make it this way. Um, so that helps. We also have a background 
just personally in in cleaner design, right? I'm I'm a big uh, architecture fan. Uh, I'm a, a California modernism junkie, and so all of those kind of cleaner lines play into, even though it sounds cliche, they play into that less is more um, kind of a vibe. So that's always a, a basic building block to say how can we how can we fit what we want to fit into this bag and still keep it lowest profile, slimmest you know depth, um, easiest to maneuver around. Uh, so that's that's one area. And then the other thing that we do is we have pretty robust conversations with uh, photographers that are out there. I, I am, you know, blessed to call many great and talented photographers friends. And, um, you know, I'll hit them up and say, hey, we've got this new uh, concept that we're thinking about. Uh, you know, what would you what, what do you want it to do? And they're very gracious with their time and their opinions. And they'll say, hey, you know, we want it to do X, Y or Z. And maybe somebody else has something else to say because everybody has their specialty. So, you know, we may be talking to somebody who really is, a, is an urban or an urbex photographer. And we might be talking to a nature photographer. We might be talking to a portrait photographer. Um, and they each have different things to bring to the table. So when we, when we look at product design, we'll try to, you know, bring those things into the design. And then as we get samples, we'll also send those samples back out to... Um, to these photographers and say, okay, well, here's, here's kind of the first version, go use it, you know, tell me what you think. And um, we get that feedback and that kind of goes into our, our production um, cycle. Uh, and then I think the third piece is, you know, we do have roots in streetwear. So I think that's one of the things that Hex brings to the plate that uh, I guess more traditional camera bag companies don't. Um, we can, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, we can make a you know, a gray and black camo with red accents, and we can do some things that are more streetwear inspired. So we can almost sometimes hide a, the fact that a bag is a camera bag underneath the fact that it is it is so kind of street worthy um, that, it, you know, it can be loud from a color standpoint. Sometimes it's it's so loud that nobody would ever think that it's a camera bag from that standpoint either. They think it's coming out of a out of a great boutique, um, you know, and the lower east side or something so yeah, um yeah yeah those are those are the three kind of ways we look at it yeah yeah really 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 cool it's really interesting and then you have on each on the front of each of these bags i believe on all yeah on all of them there's this little this little guy right here can you talk about that mm -hmm. and why why is that there on on all the bags and for the folks that are listening to this on the podcast <clears throat> there's a there's a little kind of rubberized tag that's affixed to the front of the bag that has a lot number, registered trademark, design in USA, hex and the logo went on there. Is that just basically branding so that you know instantly that this is not a counterfeit bag, this is original hex gear? Yeah, you're exactly right. It has a lot to do with that. Um, you know, there are knockoffs out there. I mean, we once had a, a whole um, foreign, I guess they were a company, but put up a whole website it looked exactly like our stuff and you know they tried to use some similar taglines and you know you do have to have these points of authenticity um, so there's that piece and because it's our brand label we also again in the detail we wanted to do something a little bit um, i guess cooler than just a, a woven label so it is a you know a, a laser molded uh, rubberized label so yeah. everything that's printed on there is is actually embossed into the the rubber and then and then printed and then the other thing that we did is you'll notice if you turn the bag around there's a smaller version of that label like up here on the strap 
And, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, no, it gives that either. opportunity okay. where, yeah, so you can see uh, it's easy to recognize and it's kind of easy to, to be able to say, okay, that's a, that's a hex bag and people can kind of know um, at, at first glance, um, you know, what, what somebody else is rocking. Yeah, yeah. Cool stuff. This is this is exciting. I love these bags. This this particular one, uh, it it it's a different size than the other camera bags that I have. It's not big. It's like a Goldilocks bag, right? It's not giant. <laughs> you know, some of them are giant. It's like okay, I could I right. could go, you know, cover the war in this thing and be okay for right, three right. weeks. And then there are other bags that I have that are just too small. You know, they're like for a yeah. day trip or whatever. This one seems it feels like it fits right in the middle. Um, is it designed that way? Like the, the, it feels like the purpose of this one is kind of like an everyday carry. I can take it everywhere I'm going. I can get, it's got a top access slot in there where I can just grab my camera with a lens on it, shoot, throw it back in there, zip it up and go. If I really want to shoot, I can open it up the clamshell and get access to all my stuff. Um, it feels, it feels like I can almost like I know what you were thinking when you put it together or when you <laughs> when you guys designed this, yeah. all the little bits, but then it's not too much. Like some bags are very gimmicky. They have different things on there just for the, the, sake, of, the sake of having another marketing bullet on the sales page, right? right? Um, right. I don't feel I don't feel that way with this. Genuinely, I don't feel like this bag was designed to get me to buy it or invest in it. You know, it feels like it was more designed for me. And it feels like I want to I want to dirty it up. Right. It doesn't feel yeah, like, yeah. you know, it really feels like, yeah, I'm just going to throw this thing around and it's going to survive. It'll be totally cool. Right. So on that, you know, yeah. I was going through. Well, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, I just said that's great. I appreciate that because obviously you've had a bag or two. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> a bag so or you two. get it. And... I have a closet full of them right <laughs> over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. The graveyard. Um, you know, uh, when I was sort of playing around with it, the material of this bag, you know, feels rugged, feels like I could, like I said, I could beat it up and it'll be okay. Um, Cordura, what is Cordura? Cause you have, a, there's a tag on the bag that says Cordura and it, you know, not knowing what Cordura is, that feels like, like at the gas pump, Tecron added to your, what the hell is Tecron? <laughs> I don't know what Tecron is, it must be good. It's more, you know, so what is Cordura and what does that give me as a photographer? Yeah. So what what that is is it's a it's a registered trademark um, itself, and so if you go back, you know, I don't know how long it goes back, but obviously ballistic nylons were originally developed as a military product, and so uh, some of these um, companies like Dupont and um, things like that have they have a lot of different. Um, a lot of different registered genuine trademarks that at one point, I, I don't know, may have had a patent or, or something like that, but but these were designed originally for the military. And so just like anything else, you would have, uh, you know, new versions and new companies coming out with their their kinds of fabrics. And so Cordura was the, was the um, you know, intellectual property, the, the name that um, DuPont registered for this stuff to say, this is the real, this is the real deal. It's been tested, it's been, proven um you know it's it's very durable it, it even is pretty durable against cuts and and um knives and things like that so um you know that that's what cordura is it just lets you know like hey you know for sure you're getting um you know the real deal and then eva foam you mentioned that the eva foam what what's the what's the magic behind that so eva foam is just a you know it's a way to identify um you know types of foam and mm -hmm. to be honest i i couldn't even give you 
all of the the names that 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 um, EVA stands for. There's some pretty kind of chemical type names, mm-hmm. scientisty. But you know, there's there's cell foam, which which is kind of like the foam that you might find. Um, I'm trying to think of a, an example, but it's like that that spongy type foam, and mm-hmm. it's not. Um, it feels like soft, memory but foam. If you really put is a, it not like, like a little a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. Like, um, and so if you some of that cellular foam, if you drop your laptop or something like that, it's really not going to have the resilience to. Um, you know, to work out and, and protect your device. So um, EVA foam is is a more um, dense foam structure. And so uh, if you feel our bags and you feel the foam, you can probably see that it, it's not something that, that's just like squishy. You know, when you feel it, it's like, oh, there's some firmness to this foam. Yeah. And, and that's in the cellular structure of the foam. So when you do drop something against it, it kind of will absorb the the energy of that fall and, and compress a little bit for you and then and then come back. So that's that's the difference with EVA foam. And can uh, Trent, can we talk a little bit about pricing? Uh, and and we t- we touched on this a little bit in our in our pre-interview, but the just from a from a layman standpoint looking at the bag world, which you're an expert in, right? So I can go on Amazon and find you know, shoulder bags and slings that aren't dedicated, they aren't specifically camera bags, and they'll be much cheaper made than, you know, they're not gonna have Cordura and EVA foam or anything like that or embossing and all that stuff on them, Um, but they're gonna be like 20, 30 bucks or something uh, on Amazon, you know? So, and I have a couple of those and they tend to be rather disposable, right? But, you know, they look good for a couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. when you look at that world from, from putting on your, your co-founder hat, when you look at, look at that world of competition and there's people, you know, on Amazon, one click away, I could have that, or I could pay more and get this bag. Can you address that a little bit? Like the differences between those, those two worlds, pricing wise, quality wise, access wise, all that stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it's um, very much like you find, uh, I mean, it's the adage you get what you pay for, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the same way where you can get, and I don't, I don't want to slight any of these folks, but you can, you can get a, a Toyota that looks a lot like a Mercedes on the outside, right? But, but it's, it's not a Mercedes. <laughs> right. um, and there are reasons for that. So, so with our bags, for example, if you buy something on Amazon compared to, and, and Amazon carries some great stuff too, but if you're buying a cheaper uh, bag like you're talking about, what you don't see under the hood is you don't see the the thread count on the weave, for example. Like you mentioned, of course, it's probably not going to be Cordura. So you're getting, I mean, there's, you can imagine there's a billion places that weave nylon. Um, so whether or not you're getting something that's going to hold up is a whole other story. They can make a, a black nylon that looks somewhat similar. But... Um, the so the thread count meaning like how many how many threads are going into the the weave of that fabric for mm-hmm. for any you know per square inch so you want to have a, a high denier count um and then the other thing that happens is a thread count also on on stitch so you could you know along your straps or along your shoulder straps it may look stitched but you may only have you know six or eight stitches in an inch versus 20 stitches Um, so, so that's going to make your seams better, whether or not you have bar tacking, which is on, on the inside and usually inside of the lining where there are critical seams, you'll have what's called a bar tack. And that's, that's really kind of going back and forth stitching and, 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 um, uh, 
securing that um, seam or that connection point from the inside of the bag. Uh, so, you know, those are those are things just in the fabric itself and just how how pieces are attached that if you're not paying attention, you don't see. But you do see as soon as you put maybe something that's a little bit heavier and you go to throw your bag over the shoulder and the strap rips off. Mm-hmm. That's when you see it. Yeah, and your lenses <laughs> and, um, go flying all over the place, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so we always like to look at it as like, you know, you, your gear costs some money. So if, if you think you're going to be okay putting it in a 30 or $40 bag or even sometimes a more, expens- uh, more expensive fashion or trendy bag that's really not made for camera, right? That's the other side is like, oh, I like... I like the name of this bag, and so I'm going to try to make it into a camera bag. And then before you know it, your stuff is is dented because it's it's not working right. So um, those are the things that that happen um, when you kind of step outside, I guess, trusted uh, brands. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And then the uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's a, there. I have a list of questions I want to throw. <laughs> so this is cool. Um, and just to just hopefully to, I have answers. You will, you will. Uh, but looking at just sort of at the, we've been talking about this bag, this, the, what was the name of this actual bag here? It is a, the backloader DSLR backpack. Um, so looking at this bag, we've been talking about that one, but you guys have a, you got a, a, a whole long, like 10 years of products in there, right? Can you, yep. you, can you talk about that a little bit? Like who the individual products, not all of them, but you know, it's kind of, 30,000 foot silos of the different product lines and who they're for? Yeah, absolutely. So like you mentioned, um, you know, kind of our main camera bag line is something that we call our Ranger collection. And that's where we, you know, we really focus specifically on camera and we have a kind of a wide suite of bags. So like you mentioned, the backloader is that kind of middle sized everyday bag and you can see like the depth is really as as slim as it can be and still fit real full DSLRs. I mean, it's literally designed along those along those lines. So you can carry quite a bit of gear in there, um, but it still stays, you know, pretty, pretty slim. Uh, there's one size bigger than that. That's called our cinema bag, which is is a deeper bag to accommodate uh, more of like a 1DX kind of a, a depth, um, more video gear. Uh, it comes with lumbar supports and things like that because you you know the gear is going to get heavier, and a um, couple of different access points both on the the side and the the top, but but a very similar construction to the backloader. So that's you know like you mentioned maybe maybe you need a little bit more than your everyday uh, type bag. You can size up to that and and you can really carry you know your whole rig really in there, um, and then stepping down in size. We have some of our most popular bags called our, our Ranger Slings. We have a sling and a mini sling. Um, and those are really designed to be your kind of day trip almost bags, right? Where you're, um, you've got all of your gear in your backpack. You've headed out of town for the weekend or for a hike. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the one, the Ranger Sling. Yeah. And so now you can throw your, your body and two or three lenses, depending on the lens. I mean, that'll fit us, you know, Canon 70 to 200 in there with a, with a body. And that's the Mini Sling. So, so now you're not carrying that whole backpack hiking through the canyon or, um, you know, climbing that, that building tower or, or whatever it is. And it gives you really a run and gun kind of a, of a bag that's still structured um, without being clunky. So, you know, that Ranger Sling is great for that. It also incorporates a hidden rain fly like you saw on the backloader. 
And then we have the mini sling, which is you showed a minute ago, which is a little smaller version of that. That'll hold like your, your small drones. Uh, it'll hold your mirrorless, a um, little smaller form factor, you know, camera setup. Great for a vlogging setup. Um, so, and that can actually be worn as a waist pack too, which is, which is kind of cool, a little fanny pack action. Um, and then we have one size below all of that, which is our crossbody, um, which is a, a, like a square. I don't, I don't think I have one here. Uh, it's a little square, you know, about, I'm looking on the screen, about yay big. And you can wear it across your, um, across your chest or on the back or whatever. But it is still padded and we do still have dividers in there. And that is really made as a, as a almost for, for gals as a purse and, and, you know, for guys as just a quick uh, EDC where you can throw in your phone, you know, your keys, you've got a, a maybe a point and shoot camera, you've maybe got a tripod or, a, uh, you know, even a selfie stick for the vloggers out there. Mm-hmm. A very capable little bag um, that gets you a, a really sharp price point to get into the brand and, and helps you kind of navigate your world. So so the, to your point, we have a suite of bags that ranges from really the everyday, you know, beginner slash, um, you know, video type photographer um, to, uh, to, you know, all the way up to a cinema bag. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it covers anything from the professional to the, you know, to the kind of everyday. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I got, I got, I have the transfer to do. We were talking about before we started recording, you know, the, the ritual when, you, when a, a new camera bag is in the house, there's the ritual transfer of your gear from one mm-hmm. to the other and kind of rearranging. Right. So I'm in that mode today. Um, you know, I wanted to yeah, switch that's gears. A great mode. It is. It's fun, right? I mean, you get to sort of <laughs> play around. Day. Yep. Um, so switching gears a little bit, I want to chat about sort of stuff on the business side of things. So uh, first of all, competition. Right. Like we mentioned before, there's lots of camera bag companies out there, some newer camera bag companies out there that are that are doing innovative things and being, you know, reasonably or very successful with it. Who keeps you up at night? Like who is there? Is there someone that you feel like you're, you know, looking to the left and they're right there and you're running to the finish line? Or do you not pay attention to competition? Yeah, I mean, so we're always looking at uh, I mean, always looking at the marketplace. Right. So. As you mentioned, there are a lot of different bag brands, um, and I think, honestly, I think there's room for everybody. I mean, we're we are, you know, I think I think we generally play pretty nice. You know, we're, we're not here to, you know, to be gnarly or to. I mean, life's too short, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think generally that's the way that the brands fit in, right? Some brands are, you know, somewhat camera, but maybe a little bit more lifestyle, and they're designed for maybe the more casual shooter some some brands have you know kind of action sports tie-ins or you know like somebody like a chrome you know that has a very big bike tie-in as um you know not maybe so much a a camera bag focus um so i wouldn't say there's anybody that we focus on as far as like really keeps us up at night as much as just you know it's always interesting to see what everybody's doing um you know there are some you know some brands that really focus on you know, hey, we've developed this new clip or this new buckle or this new magnetic thing or whatever. And and I think we talked about a little bit earlier, sometimes those are great. And sometimes those are maybe a little bit, you know, could be maybe be on the marketing tag, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. we did this or we did that. And and it may or may not actually give you any benefit or, or 
you know, work any better. But that's just how some of the, the brands are, you know, like you mentioned, um, some of them are, are uh, you know, they're some of them are crowd crowdfunded, some of them have background capital. I mean, it's, it's a, it's kind of a whole mix. So um, I don't know, I don't know if there's anybody that specifically keeps me up. Yeah, yeah, looking at it, it, it feels like, like you said before, you I can I can tell you have kind of a minimalist sensibility in your you know the way that you're designing things. So I would guess right. you're you're going to skew away from that. So it it seems like there's two lines in the sand. One line is minimalism, functional, and then the next line is you know straddling the it looks good but it's not it's not a Michael Kors bag or a Gucci bag that people are going to feel, you know, they're not going to look at it for the sake of looking at the bag and it's not a status symbol, but in some ways it kind of is because the way that you've built the brand, having a hex bag is kind of a status symbol. So that's, that's an interesting, you know, way that you've threaded that needle there. You've got, you've got something that's recognizable, but not too recognizable. It's functional and gets the job done and attracts photographers from that standpoint, but it's not going to get a mugged, you know, if they're, they're out doing street photography at 1am or something. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point and it's actually a pretty big compliment to me and to us that you would look at it that way. Cause it is, it is, I think one of the differences, you know, you look at this, like you said, a bunch of competition, you know, what does separate Hex? And I think that's one of the, you know, one of the big things is that we do have a fashion background, a fashion and, and streetwear background as much as we're creators um, as well. So, you know, we're, we're making bags that, that do thread that needle where other, other companies are not gonna, it's not gonna be legitimate or authentic for other companies to make some of the patterns or some of the colors uh, that we can, that we can do and that people are looking for from us. Um, and, you know, you'll see even in future months, some, some new things coming along that are going to be very, very hex. And you'd say like, yeah, that's not going to be able to be done by another brand because they don't truly have that fashion side built into their, their DNA. Um, and I think the other piece that hex is different is that um, I think we're very plugged into our community, right? So, um photography and, and you probably have seen this has really changed over the last you know five years ten years for sure um, and it's gone from being uh, a relatively small club um, to a much more open format and you and you can kind of maybe credit Instagram and some of these apps for that and you know there's a debate right uh, there's purists and there's you know hey are social media photographers real photographers and there's all of these kind of things but for us i mean i love the idea that it's it's you know allowing people to be more creative and people that maybe didn't see themselves as creatives and maybe those people develop into some really talented um, artisan photographers but i feel like hex is a great fit for that new I don't say it's a new generation because we have, you know, people from all walks of life and generations that use the bags, but it's a very forward thinking brand. It's a, it's a brand that is about lifestyle. It's a brand that fits very well with, you know, we hear about work-life balance and all of these things that are going on post COVID. Um, it's a brand that, that goes there with you and, and says like, you know, this is a new way that we're doing everything. Um, and you know, you've got photographers that are climbing buildings because that's what they do. And, you know, Hex is going to be a, a bag that's going to do that. And, and you've also got, you know, uh, urban 
urban explorers, right? Which I mean, in, in Los Angeles here, you can take some great pictures in Griffith Park or up at uh, Elysian Fields or things like this. And, um, you know, it looks like you're out on a hike. You just happen to have downtown Los Angeles in, in the distance. So anything from that to actually being out in, in nature and, and hiking or out in the slot canyons or whatever it is, it's a little bit of that kind of a, of a mentality where um, it encourages, I think, people to try new things and to, you know, maybe get outside their comfort zone. All right. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about just logistics and supply chain. So we're as we record this, it's you know, we're nearing the end of March of 2022. You believe that the end of Q1 2022 already? Crazy. Um, yes, it's ridiculous. The um, you know, and as anybody who's been involved in this sort of thing or business or shipping knows that the supply chain world has been a bit of a fiasco over the last, you know, year plus, I guess, with prices yeah. skyrocketing and, you know, we've had all sorts of changes happening and we've got to brace for more because of, you know, recent current events that are going on right now. So how is yeah. that affecting you and your company? And, you know, I would argue more importantly, me as a consumer, does that mean prices are going to go up? Does that mean availability and the product line is going to shrink? Where where do you take the slack up from the supply chain deficiencies? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question and super timely right now, mm -hmm. as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I will say, I mean, it's rough out there, right? Um, there's no way around it. Um, the supply chain got really, really backed up um, through COVID, and, and that's for a variety of reasons, mainly because so many products or parts of products come from outside of the country. So even products that are made in the USA will often have components that are coming from somewhere else. And it's not all necessary, necessarily China. I mean, they, they really do come from all over the world, uh, all the way up to finished goods coming. So you've probably seen your shelves at Target, like in the Target over here by me, uh, every couple of weeks, like it's empty. It's bare, um, yeah. And yeah, so anything from that to um, just the products coming from all over the world for for one thing. So I was mentioning, you know, our, our, our target shelves are often empty. Um, there's issues with food supply. There's, you know, all kinds of issues. And basically that came from, I mean, how we saw it is we have different components that come from all over the world. And so one one place might be open, like, for example, you know, the YKK uh, system, you know, maybe their their poles come from a certain part of their manufacturing and maybe that area got shut down for COVID. So, you know, you can get the zipper coil, but you can't get the pull. And so when you can get the pull, now the country that's making the coil, you know, uh, is shut down. And then you try to get them in here and now we're not, we don't have any containers or we're, you know, we have less boats traveling or there are less trucks happening because of all the different restrictions. So it just backs up the whole chain and we're still a long way from getting out of that. Um, like I said, even even made in the USA stuff often is uh, really assembled in the USA, um, which is great. But, you know, you're still um, dependent on a, on a supply chain, uh, even through the country. I mean, a lot of times we'll we it'll take us two weeks, sometimes three weeks to really get a truck to move things to you know some of our customers distribution centers. And that's just moving it from a U.S. city to a U.S. city. Um, so there, there's a real. Um, I guess, lack of, um, you know, transportation options and just seems like everything is less, less boats, less planes. And, and the prices, as you mentioned, are very, very expensive. I mean, our, the prices for 
uh, containers are probably up, you know, five times what they That's were uh, when you when you're normally shipping stuff. So how does that roll forward? Well, now you've got maybe a container that holds you know X number of bags, and now you've got to d- divide this freight cost through that number of bags. But the freight cost is five times higher, and it's basically been overnight. So um, what we try to do is you know you can probably may not be able to see, but if you go back historically. Um, we've had almost no price increases. I think we've had maybe one or two styles that we had to bump up a little bit. And that's just from us, you know, we just try to find it somewhere else, try to offset it somewhere else because we just don't, to the best of our abilities, we don't believe that the consumer and our customer can just wake up one morning and say, oh, you know, I can pay 20% more for this project. No, no, they're not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and looking at your exactly. prices now, I'm on, I'm on the website now. I'm showing it right now. The uh, the prices are reasonable, right? We're under 200 bucks for the most part across the board for these camera bags. That's that is not what most people expect for a price, you know, for a camera bag. They're normally a little bit more expensive than this. And you're right. still you're still maintaining the price. You know, in the, I think this is the one I have, right? Yeah, this is the one I have. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're yeah. still, you know, d- despite the supply chain, you're not, we're not going to see this go up to say 229 or 230 or something like that, the, the 189. We've been pretty successful at, at holding it in, in those places. And, you know, none of us have a crystal ball, right? But, yeah. uh, but our focus is to keep these things. Uh, to where the the impact to our customers is as minimal as possible, uh, and we that's always been a plus of Hex is that we, uh, I think for the quality that we bring, we're extremely competitive um, price wise. Um, but yeah, we try to take care of our customers, and and I think that's that's just part of who we are. So yeah. we keep trying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, right? So we're in the middle of it. So I'm, uh, we're in the middle of a storm. Hopefully, the middle yeah. of it, right? Not the beginning. I hope. That's <laughs> 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 what we were saying during COVID. Yeah, I hope we're. I hope this is the end. You know, we're at the beginning. Um, I hope so. Yeah, LA no, can't take a whole lot more. You know, we're like, <laughs> we're just gonna turn into anarchy down here. I know. I know. Yeah, escape from LA. <laughs> start filming that. Now. <laughs> Um, you know, what's, what does the, the future look like? You know, I know that there's some projects I want to, I know you guys have going on, like there's a hex photo lab that you're, you're deploying. Like, can you talk about what the future holds for both the bag line, uh, you know, and the, the, I know it's not just bags on the line, the phone cases, et cetera, but for the product line, as well as some of the outside stuff that hex is doing, uh, outside of bag creation. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned Photolab. We have a thing called Hex Photolab LA. Um, we've actually run these in a couple of different places, like we did one in London and, and New York and a couple of places like that. But it's a great example of how we look at community. And I mentioned that, you know, we are very involved. Like, you know, we're, we are creators ourselves. The relationships that we have or that I have are real relationships, you know, not just, uh, you know, a brand sliding into some DM somewhere saying, hey, you know, we'd love for you to post about our our thing or whatever. So, um, you know, we, we always are trying to encourage community. So what Photolab LA is, and, and we started this in, in our stores downtown, is uh, an opportunity for the local photography community to get together. And uh, yeah, you're showing a little bit of a, of a video there. Yeah. And we bring our photo printer in and... Um, we'll print your, your images for free. So, you know, you come in, you airdrop them or, or whatever. 
we print them up for free. We have everybody being able to just hang out and, and you know, relax, uh, get a little bit of refreshments and talk. And, and I think that's a big part of it. And I, I feel like there was a time where, especially at the beginning of Instagram, it was very much about like my locations and my settings and my presets. And, you know, like nobody really wanted to share that because that was like, you know, your secret sauce. Right. And now like through st stuff like photo lab, it really is about, you know, acknowledging each other's work and being able to say, wow, that's a great location. How did you get that in such low light? You know um, what, what were you shooting to get that, you know, to happen? Um, and I think there's a much more open exchange and you see the walls kind of come down and people realize like, Hey, you know, I really like these people. I like to hang out with these people. What, you know, why am I going to, you know, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be, uh, you know, somebody that's involved in the community. And beyond that, it provides an opportunity for people, like I said, who, who don't think that they're um, at a level. You know, I can't tell you how many times that I, I've had people there and maybe they'll come with their girlfriend or they'll come with their, their boyfriend or, um, and, and maybe their significant other is the photographer. So they're printing stuff out and we'll say, hey, you know, why don't you print something? Oh, you know, no, I'm not a... I'm not a photographer. I'm like, I, I, I'm sure you have photos on your phone. I'm sure you've taken some things, print something out. And they, and they will, uh, and it might take them 20 minutes to find something that they feel like okay to print out. But when they print it out, it's like, wow, being able to hold something tangible as, as your work and then having other people in the room that can, that can affirm what you're trying to build. Um, it's a great, uh, it's a great forum and a, and a great, um, time every time that we have it and you just see people you know they, they light up like i said having an uh, an authentic print so much time we we never see our work except on the screen yeah. and um being able to have that is i mean sometimes i mean sometimes people are so stoked it's like they'll tell me like i had no idea i really didn't think i was going to react this way but it's like so amazing yeah. so those are those are some events and we actually have one i mean i know this is going to live longer than this but we're doing one with our friends at the Ace Hotel um, on April 21st. This is 2022, and that's in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, Ace Hotel has always been a good supporter of us, and Moab Paper supports and sponsors that, provides the paper. So um, some great stuff along that way. Yeah. Um, Product-wise, and I'll give you a, a beat here so you can cut if you want. Yeah, yeah. No, this is good. No, perfect. Because because there's a, a you know a compound two-part question so you know I yeah <laughs> this um, is good i love it perfect <laughs> uh so product wise uh i think the direction that we go is again just trying to stay uh, a step ahead right and, and seeing where the needs are what are what are my needs as a founder of the brand because that's going to be part of what i put in there and, and part of a direction that you look at but um, something that you mentioned and something that we've talked about as far as how people are using their devices, um, there's a trend definitely even away from um, needing to carry a laptop all the time uh, because things like uh, iPad Pro and, and even some Microsoft Surface products are you know, powerful enough to do a lot, especially in the, the creative thing. Um, Programs like Procreate uh, on the visual artist side are, are amazing. I mean, you just download this almost like an app, and I think it costs five or ten dollars, and you've got this amazing uh, digital connected um, art program. A lot of the artists that, that we work with, um, that's how they do their work. And the great thing is, you can collaborate, you know, virtually and digitally, almost like you were playing video games with your friends from all that's over right. the world. Yep. Um, 
So, so the need for having maybe a bag that does everything that it used to, there's still that need, but there's a new need now where you can go with your, with your iPad Pro and your camera and you don't need a whole lot else. You know, you might need a battery or two, um, a couple of drives maybe. Um, and so having bags that, that adapt to that kind of usage, I think is where you'll start, you'll continue to see things from Hex. How can we, how can we give you as streamlined a look in as small a form factor as possible that's going to, you know, function and, and work the way you need to get your gear that's going to carry these, the new standard tools, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, for how things are going forward. So I, I think that's kind of where you'll see us go. I think you hit it right on the head because I'm in that camp uh, of people that are looking to a, a different modality of content creation beyond the giant bag with even a mirrorless camera and proper lenses and all that stuff. Because I, I, I tend to be, you know, at, at any given point, I could be any number of things, whether it's a photographer, a videographer, uh, I'm you know, a podcaster capturing audio, I'm writing, you know, there's all kinds yeah. of ways that I, I have to generate content. Renaissance these man. Rena well, yeah, I, I call it the, the multimediographer, right? <laughs> so, there you go. I love that title. Yeah. I I, that. If, yeah. Because photographer seems so limiting. Trademark even the, this week in photo. Exactly. TLC right <laughs> uh, but it's true, right? And we all are, you know, and, and I think a lot of us or photographers don't realize that they're content creators, right? And we have all yeah. these amazing tools now that do all this crazy stuff that Apple and whoever else are giving us to do this amazing stuff that we couldn't do before with these iPads and phones and, you know, the connectivity. Yeah. And like you mentioned, the apps we can do, I can produce a whole podcast on my phone these days, yeah. you know, comfortably yeah. and edit it, you know, video and can edit it on yeah. my phone if I want to and publish it. Crazy. So as a result, what does that look like on, on the loadout side of things? I want a smaller bag that that is purpose built for my iPad going in there, you know, and all the little bits that I need to go along with it to record my audio and all that. And I still want it to look good and be secure, you know, the whole nine yards. So that yeah. I think, yeah, I think you guys are right on with that. That's skating to where the puck is going to be, right? Because I think it's, it's kind of there now, but it's heading in that direction. And I think more and more people are waking up. I don't know if waking up is... That seem kind of, it seems kind of flippant, but they're starting to realize that that you can do pro level work using mobile devices these days. I don't even call it a yeah. phone now, but mobile devices you can get pro level work done and have more fun doing it. So the I think the the yeah. bags and the 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 gear that or that you take along to carry all this stuff should reflect that, right? So. And not yeah, be yeah. oh well, I have this smaller camera bag. I'm just going to rip out the dividers and throw my stuff, <laughs> throw my stuff in right. there and go. Wouldn't it be great if a smart camera brand, camera bag manufacturer created purpose-built bags, you know, and or yeah. gear to carry that kind of stuff and leaned into it yeah. versus repurposing old stuff that was for mirrorless and DSLRs. So, I, I think you said it perfect. I think you know. Our, our motto for the brand is equip the creators. And we mm -hmm. always wanna be supporting and, and encouraging people to create. But when you say that, that means at least for us that you need to be adapting. It's one thing to say, we wanna support your creativity. Um, but like you said, sometimes brands will, will take that from a standpoint and say, we wanna support you. You just need to continue to use the product that we already made. You need to kind of adapt how you wanna live and how you wanna create to the products that we already have. 
Um, mm-hmm. And we, we want to try to say, you know, let's look at how you need to work now and let's look at how you want to shoot uh, and let's come alongside and support you with products that are going to make your life easier and not make you have to think about, all right, well, how do I, how do I make this kind of backwards compatible to bags that were designed 10 years ago? Um, so it's a good point. Yeah. And, and at the beginning um, of this episode, if I remember to do it, future Frederick, don't forget to put to edit this in, <laughs> into the segment. Um, but you've, you guys, you've set aside a coupon code for the TWIP audience if they want to get a discount on these already not expensive bags. They want to knock a little bit more off of the, the price. What, what was the code and how much are you knocking off for them? Yeah, yeah. So the code is TWIP TWIP. Um, so you go to our website, hexbrand.com, um, and search it up, find what you want. At, and when it's time to check out, it'll have a spot for you to put in your discount code. You just enter TWIP. It'll get you 20% off, which is a pretty pretty good discount. We don't discount our stuff all that often. Um, yeah. So you know we want to support your followers and definitely appreciate the, uh, the love you give us. So hopefully this is a way that we can give that back, um, TWIP. 20% off. All right. Well, we'll leave it right there, Trent. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And congratulations on all the stuff that you guys are doing with these bags. Uh, you know, like I said, if there's one thing that photographers will never agree on, uh, you know, aside from <laughs> what's the best camera brand or bag or, you know, or it's going to be the bag, right? So because oh, yeah. by design, because bags and this field is completely subjective, right? Everything about it is subjective. Uh, what you choose to use as your camera, your lenses, your genre, all that stuff is subjective and unique to you. So if, if folks haven't taken a look at the Hex brand bags yet, I would encourage them to do so. Cause for me, I love the, I love the minimalist size, you know, kind of stylings of the bags. And I think you and I have a very sim- similar sense of sensibility, right? It's kind of a it seems modern, that way, yeah. yeah, modernist, less is more functional Scandinavian, but not Ikea, go. more expensive, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. An expensive sure. version of Ikea is what it is. <laughs> Right, so, right. Yeah. But, no, that, that's cool. definitely true. But no, appreciate the time. Appreciate the support. Uh, it's been great talking to you. It's always great talking to you. And, and I think you're right. I think we're pretty aligned in our kind of uh, view on a lot of this stuff. So hopefully these bags work great for your viewers as well. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll have m- many more conversations in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll leave this one right there. Thank you for coming on. And folks, remember, just go check out the bags over at hexbrand.com. If you see one that uh, that tickles your fancy, just remember TWIP, you know, and punch that in. It'll knock uh, knock 20% off and you're off into the races. And, you know, if you do end up buying one, comment on this episode or in the in the youtube video and let us know what you think about the bag you know do you like it you know is it working for you what would you change is it perfect you know all that stuff and i'm sure this guy over here will be listening to it and watching (laughs) so so here's your here's your chance to get the perfect camera bag of your dreams constructed just buy one and feed give some feedback all right that's right we love it awesome all right trent you have a good rest of your day and be safe out there and we'll talk soon all right sounds good you too appreciate it thank you this is twitter